Hi, everyone. My name is Danica, and I think that my parents are crazy. The thing is that they make me eat nano food and say that this is how they take care of me. You will soon find out what consequences their care had. Or maybe you'll even share my parents' standpoint and say that I'm the one who's nuts. All members of my family have always been plump and liked to eat well. Even looking at old photos of my ancestors, there is no doubt that these are my relatives because they have chubby cheeks, bellies, and hungry looks like me. So you'll definitely know that a person is a member of my family if you see them. Suddenly, out of the blue, my parents decided to start losing weight. They bought a special scale, began weighing all the food on it and counting calories, started eating too much lettuce and broccoli, and checked their measurements daily in the morning and in the evening. But I knew why they couldn't lose weight. The problem was that every night, either mom or dad ate away everything they could find in the fridge. After counting calories, they started jogging, working out, and even dancing while cooking breakfast. They say that such activity helps burn calories, you know, but it was all in vain. Then my parents got acquainted with some distributors of diet food and made friends with them. It was just what they needed. They started losing weight and became slimmer and happier every day. I was happy for them as well, but I wasn't destined to become even a little slimmer because the special food my parents ate was strictly forbidden to minors. That's it, and it was sad. But one day my parents told me that they had found a great remedy that would help me lose excess pounds and get the figure of my dreams. A nano diet turned out to be the magical remedy, and when I found out what it was, I got a little scared and kind of sad. For those who don't know what it is, nano food is microscopic analogs of real food. A small pea-sized ball can contain two servings of soup or a set meal, for example. The producers claim that these little balls are enough to cover the daily requirement for protein, fat, carbohydrates, vitamins, and minerals. Indeed, there were only benefits, but how can you satisfy your hunger with such a pill? Well, I didn't like that idea, and I wasn't ready for such experiments on myself and my health. Yeah, I felt sorry for my excess pounds, but my parents were determined to succeed and for some reason thought that they could decide for me what to eat and what to do with my figure. But I couldn't resist for long, because soon there was nothing left in our house except for the special food of my parents and the nano food they bought for me. I just had no choice. It was cruel and unfair. Anyway, what's the difference? My parents did what they wanted to do. Now I'll describe to you my first day of keeping to the new diet. Morning. Mom entered my room and invited me to breakfast. There was something funny and epic about it. I went into the kitchen and there was a small pill the size of a bean on a large plate. Um, Mom, what's this? It's an omelet with cauliflower, tomatoes, and arugula. Okay, I see. And I swallowed my nano breakfast in less than a second. By the way, I should admit that the nano omelet tasted almost like a real one. But anyway, I got neither pleasure from the food nor a sense of fullness. It was really weird. And after I swallowed my breakfast, I began to wait for lunch, hoping that it would be more interesting and nutritious. 
Now try to guess what it was. In fact, a royal dish was waiting for me. Tenderized beef tenderloin, asparagus with wine sauce, and Caesar salad. Honestly, it would be one of the most delicious meals of my life, if only, if only it wasn't the size of my pupil. Again, I swallowed my meal in one second and remained hungry and sad. I asked my parents to stop this torture immediately and order me a pizza, but they insisted that I would get used to it in a week and the nano servings would be enough for me. No way! And now let's talk about dinner. My parents decided to please me for dinner, and no, they didn't order pizza. There was only a small plate on my regular plate that looked like a plate for Barbie. And there was a nano hamburger the size of a fingernail of my little finger and microscopic cucumbers. Everything was so tiny and cute that it was sickening. Okay, if my parents had bought me this stuff about five years ago when I was into playing with Barbie, I would have been happy as hell and appreciated such a gift. But feeding a living, grown-up person with this stuff is outrageous. I couldn't fall asleep all night because I was hungry. My stomach sang serenades to me, hoping that I would offer it something decent, and I cried. Never in my life have I wanted to devour something so much. Yes, devour is the right word. I think at that moment I would have eaten a whole cow if they gave it to me. Um, forgive me, vegans and vegetarians. I'm just saying it as it is. Fortunately, in the morning, I had to go to school and I was really happy about it because it was my only chance to eat normal human food. I think never in my life have I run so quickly and cheerfully to school, but I was in for a complete disappointment there. It turned out that the day before, my mother had written a statement and told the principal that I had a bunch of allergies and therefore I was forbidden to eat what was given in the cafeteria. In short, she strictly forbade giving me any food, and even the principal had to keep an eye on me. But after my first class, I received a text message from my mother. She informed me that my lunch was in my pencil box and wished me bon appetit. I wish you saw the faces of my classmates when they saw what I was eating. I'm pretty sure they were about to burst into tears and feed me at their own expense. On our way home that day, my friend Christy bought me a big Snickers and a hamburger at McDonald's, and it was the tastiest thing I've ever eaten. Here's a life hack. If you want to get a thousand percent more pleasure from food, just keep to a nano diet for a day. Success is assured. However, when I came home, I felt very sick. I had a severe stomachache and nausea began. I complained to my mom, and she said that it was because I had broken the nano diet and had eaten bad human food. Then she said that it would happen every time I shift away from the nano diet. And then I felt really helpless and doomed. It turned out that my parents simply took advantage of the fact that I was a minor and made me obey them. I don't know what was more offensive, starving or realizing that I was a building material for my parents. Three more times I tried to eat normal human food, but it was all the same. I had a stomachache and nausea. Soon I resigned myself to my position and real food had nothing to do with taste and pleasure anymore. It became pain and discomfort for me. About ten days later, I really started to get a sense of fullness from the nano food and even got used to it. But I still don't have any pleasure from the process of eating. 
I still want to eat some human food, something of normal size, not microscopic. But my parents are sure that the nano diet is the best solution to all my problems. By the way, they began to keep to it as well. As of today, a month has passed since I started eating nano food, and now I hate the word nano and everything that relates to it. Well, I've lost six pounds. I think at this rate, in six months or a year, I'll have anorexia instead of obesity. I also think that the nano diet can be dangerous because it's understudied. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi everyone, my name is Sue and animals like me very much because I understand their language. In fact, this is not an innate gift. Soon you will know where I learned it. When I was about seven, I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa. My parents and I were visiting friends of our family. They lived in a huge farmhouse. Of course, I could not resist the rabbits, horses, and the baby chicks, so I hung out with them almost all day. Once, I realized that a watchdog named Wind had been having a headache for a pretty long time already, and he asked me to take him to the vet. How could I understand that? I have no idea. Telepathically, I guess? I could have taken it for childish fantasy and simply ignored the dog's complaints. But I decided to tell the adults about the dog's problem. My parents gave me a very strange look and felt awkward. It didn't seem funny for their friends, though. They started asking me for how long he'd been suffering from pain and why he hadn't told them about it before. And how was this dog supposed to tell them about it? But that was not the point. It turned out that about a month ago, the owners noticed something strange in Wynn's behavior. This kind and even-tempered dog turned into an aggressive badass. Moreover, he behaved like that not only with the other animals, but also with the owners who attributed everything to the poor fellow's age. That night, they took Wynn to the vet, who delivered the verdict. The dog was healthy. He was very surprised when the owner insisted on examining the dog's head. As a result, Wind was diagnosed with a very serious and unpleasant disease, but it was successfully cured. He keeps guarding the farm and is very thankful for my help. By the way, the horses on that farm asked to tell the owner that they did not like the new feed and they asked for the old one back. I was a complete stranger to them and I had no idea what they were being fed with and I never wanted to know that. However, I was right even about that. The new feed appeared in the stable less than a week ago, and the horses could barely eat it. After that, I decided to contact the animals more often in order to find out if I could understand them for real, and what such communication could really bring. But my decision was not that important, because cats, dogs, and even birds came to me on their own will and shared their problems and thoughts. One day, a cat named Martin came up to me on the street. He went out for a walk, and he told me to change my route because there was something scary going on in front of the bank. 
He told me there were a lot of police, some women were shouting, and children were crying. I didn't want to ruin my plans because of the cat. I was in a huge hurry for my friend's birthday party, so I just kept walking. Martin trailed behind me, grumbling that women were very stubborn and that our logic was twisted. He asked me to change my mind and go back, and I asked him to back off and do his own thing. When I finally got to the bank, I heard shots and saw that the street was surrounded by police. I actually heard women and children crying. I whipped around, grabbed Martin, and ran away. We sat in the nearest alley, and I decided to ask him how we communicated. Could he explain it to me? He said that this was his first time, too. Normally, people could not understand him at all. Martin and I became friends after that. When he went for a walk, he dropped in and called on me. We could wander about the streets and talk about life for hours. We often met other cats who were very surprised that I could understand the cat language. By the way, cats have their own mindset and they are all very different, just like people. They can be open and kind, but they can also be feisty and aggressive. I don't know how, but soon the journalists found out about me and decided to interview me. They asked if I knew where I got this ability from and when I found out about it. I replied that I did not know, but most likely it was just my feature. I couldn't wait for my interview to come. I wanted to see myself on TV and record the broadcast to remember it. I also told all my friends and acquaintances on which channel and what time the program would be, so I was not the only one who couldn't wait for it. And there it was, the long-awaited broadcast, which immediately surprised me with its name. The topic of the show was Experience Stress Revealed Her Incredible Ability. Hmm, that's strange. What stress were they talking about? I didn't remember telling them anything like that. In fact, I never complained about my life because I thought that I was very lucky with my parents. I thought maybe there was going to be an additional story in the show. When the show started, I was shocked right away because there was a photo of a little girl in a doghouse in the opening. Have they really decided to make me a laughingstock by comparing me to a dog? I thought and started to worry about how that would make me look to my friends. However, the reality was much worse. At the very beginning of the show, the TV host started to tell a story about little Sue who had experienced great stress. She was three when tragedy struck. Her father was killed in a shootout and her mother took her little daughter to a village where they started to live in a small private house. Nobody knew what happened to her mother when she disappeared, but one day Sue was found in a doghouse together with a stray dog and her puppies. The girl turned into Mowgli, and she was likely to have spent a pretty long time with the animals. She used to eat with them from the bowl that the stray dog brought and used to sleep together with them on the ground. When people found her, she was scared. She did not speak at all, and she was very dirty. However, she got along well with dogs. Have you already guessed that it's about me? I did not believe it at first. I was hoping it was not me, but some other girl. But yes, it was about me. And then a reporter said that soon after I had been sent to the orphanage, people came to adopt me. Those were my current parents. They taught me to eat using silverware, talk, and sleep on the bed. 
I managed to catch up with the children of my age in terms of developmental level. I learned how to use modern conveniences, but I kept feeling comfortable with animals. It turned out that I had always been like this. And even when I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa, my parents were not surprised at all because I had been raised by animals for some time. They always knew about that, but they did not tell me anything about it, just as they hid my origin from me. I never thought that I was adopted. That was a real shock for me. After the show, my phone was ringing off the hook. I got a pile of messages from my friends and classmates asking me what it all meant. They even felt sorry for me. At that time, I was not ready to answer any questions and simply turned off my phone. But I had a lot of questions for my parents. They also saw the show, but at that time they were at work, so they came home with a prepared speech. They confirmed the words of the reporter that I was just like Mowgli. They admitted that I was adopted and that I used to live with dogs. And they said that they had no idea that the journalists would do such a deep dive. They were hoping to keep the secret of my origin at least until the legal age. And then my mom and dad asked me to forgive them. To be honest, I didn't understand why I should forgive them. I wasn't angry at them. I just wanted to know the details of my early childhood and about my life before I became part of this family. And of course, I was dying to know where my mother was. My parents agreed to help me find her, but unfortunately, that turned out to be impossible. She was still listed as missing. We found out only that she used to work as a dog handler until my father died. It meant that I got that love for animals not only because I was close to them, but also genetically from my biological mother. By the way, after the show, people started asking me to talk to their pets and help understand them. It began to bring me some money. Sometime after the show, a lot of people simply turned away from me, but some kept supporting me, and I needed time to digest the information received and make it clear in my head. The news was very sudden and unexpected. However, I've recently realized that I cannot change the past, and it's good that I don't remember anything from my early childhood. But if I have a unique opportunity to understand animals, I must use it. Maybe this is my chance to become famous and to make my contribution to science. Would you like to understand the language of animals? And if you had such an ability, how would you use it? Share your answers in the comments. Also, like this video and subscribe to our channel. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid, even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm. I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend, and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun, until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress. How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them. They're ugly and cheap. 
I knew our poor situation was none of mom's fault. And later that evening, she surprised me, and I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, Mom! I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night, and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barassa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barassa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Celestia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mum. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mom take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia, I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um... Some things you don't know about, and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. 
Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport. Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but... We couldn't find your mum. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mum had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mum. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mwangi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy engagement! Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see... Mum? Hey, pretty lady. 
please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. The stress of caring for Mum and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend! You both look pathetic! She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer! When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted a deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend, Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter, and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. 
Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shades showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. Barasa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you, too. Mom and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. Hello, my name is Pepper, and I have not had any emotions since I was born. Probably many people would like to be in my place so as not to worry about their problems, but trust me, it's very difficult to live like this. When I was just born, no one could even think that something was wrong with me. Like all babies, I just cried and slept and asked for food. But only a year later, my parents began to notice that I was really different from other kids. For example, the daughter of my mother's friend was already smiling at my age when she saw her parents or her favorite toy and cried a lot when she was left alone. My reaction to everything was neutral, and I only whimpered when I was in pain or wanted to eat. And the older I got, the more worried my parents got. They did not understand what was going on with me. When I was four years old, there occurred an incident that really puzzled them. As usual, I was running around the yard and playing when suddenly a neighbor's dog rushed towards me. It just broke off the leash and started barking loudly, trying to bite me. When the dog was taken away, I did not start crying or at least even screaming. I just took my doll and began to comb its hair as if nothing had happened. My parents thought that I was just in a state of shock because of the extreme stress and immediately took me to the doctor. After long examinations, I was diagnosed with a terrible condition called alexithymia. When my mother began to cry, I did not understand what was happening to her. It turns out that with this disease, my emotions cannot overcome a block in the cerebral cortex. That's why I also cannot recognize other people's emotions. 
This can be compared to colorblindness, with which a person cannot distinguish colors at all. But in my case, these were not colors, but inner sensations. So I was growing up in an emotional vacuum. Various events were happening around me, but I remained as cold-blooded as a robot. When I went into the first grade, my beloved grandmother passed away, and even then I could not feel anything. It was sometimes very difficult for my parents to educate me and teach me something. At first glance, I might seem aloof and even feeble-minded, but in fact, my brain was not distracted by emotions, so I perceived any information faster than others. Also, my illness blocked fear as well. I could not feel anything negative, therefore I had nothing to be afraid of. For example, unlike other people, I went to the dentist without any hesitation. But because of this disease, my body is too sensitive to pain. Since the time when I was born, I had a very low pain tolerance, and even stomach cramps or a small bruise became a terrible endurance test for me. Once, I had a horrible headache when I was at school. An ordinary person could easily cope with such an ailment, but for me, this became a real nightmare. Because of the unbearable pain, I wasn't able to speak for some time and was about to faint. No one noticed that I felt really bad because I still looked calm. While remaining conscious with great difficulty, I began to hum and pinch my hand to make myself cry. It took several more minutes before the teacher realized that I wasn't feeling well. Apart from pain, there was another problem, that is, communication with peers. Since the first grade, I had no friends at all. Some of the kids were just bored to play with a cold-hearted girl, and many of them were even afraid of me. You know, it's very difficult to interact with a person when they have a soulless mask instead of a face. A distant look in my eye and complete indifference pushed all the people away from me. I would like to say that it made me upset, but I cannot. Although subconsciously, I felt attachment towards the closest people, but I could not express this in any way. However, the older I got, the easier it was for me to communicate with others. Yes, I still did not show any emotions, but I could act interested with whoever it was possible to discuss various topics. Also, thanks to my cold mind, I was able to solve many teenage problems. When for some reason people lost their friends or loved ones, they often said that they envied me and dreamed of getting rid of all of their emotions so that they would never feel mental pain again. I did not understand their wish because it's very difficult to live without emotions. I cannot be happy or feel sympathy for anyone, and because of this, I have no friends. But I really wanted to share my secrets with someone as well, spend time together, and go to the movies. For many people, I was just an excellent advisor, but not a friend. But at some point, everything changed. After classes, I attended extracurricular Spanish lessons where I got acquainted with a new girl. Her name was Liz, and soon we started spending more time together. I felt comfortable when communicating with her because she would not ask about my illness like others did. Liz even taught me to smile realistically. You can't imagine how difficult it was to do this, but as a result, I could take a selfie with a charming smile. We also had a common hobby. We both loved to color in children's coloring books, and of course we did not tell anyone about it. And one day, Liz noticed that I only used dark markers. I had to admit that these were the colors in which I saw the world around me. After several months had passed since we met, Liz invited me to her birthday party, and I presented her cool headphones that she had dreamed of for a long time. Liz burst into tears and said that she had never had such a close friend. 
Even after hearing such warm words, I did not react to them in any way because I could not. She noticed this and tried to cheer me up. At home, for the rest of the evening, I tried to understand myself because my heart was beating faster than usual and my stomach was cramping because of tension. I've read that this is how the body responds to anger. Apparently, today's situation with Liz's confession and my indifferent reaction to her words evoked something like an emotion. My body was shaking and, for some reason, my health seriously deteriorated. For several days, I had not left the house, fearing that I would have that strange attack again. However, Liz soon persuaded me to take a short walk in our favorite park. There were always few people around, which we really liked. Liz suddenly stopped for a moment and then fell to the ground unconscious. My heart was beating fast and my body got tense, but I felt neither fear nor panic. I touched her hair and it was very hot. This was heat stroke. I dragged my friend into the shade, wetted her head with water from a bottle, and ran for help since I forgot my phone at home and Liz's phone was dead. I rushed to a young couple asking for help, but this looked like a stupid prank because there were no emotions on my face. I spoke in a calm and steady manner without any panic and tears, but the guy and the girl just laughed at me and began to look around searching for a hidden camera or any viewers. I couldn't even shout at them angrily, which made me powerless. Then I literally began to pull them towards Liz, but everything was in vain. Having run around half the park, I realized that I could not find help. After returning to my friend, I found that she was still unconscious. Suddenly, I felt dizzy. Everything went dark, and there appeared a painful lump in my throat. I felt worse every minute. I got down on my knees next to her, and tears were flowing down my cheeks, but my mind was still cold. Fortunately, a woman who was passing by noticed us and immediately called an ambulance. Doctors arrived quickly and took both of us to the hospital. I was immediately sent to a specialist who had been monitoring my condition since childhood. He was shocked by what he saw during an examination. The reaction of my body was caused by such a strong surge of emotions that they overcame the block. Everything that I experienced in the park, being next to Liz, was just a tiny part of what an ordinary person can feel. However, for me, it turned out to be a very serious blow. The doctor said that I should undergo treatment in order to better understand what was going on with me. Later, my parents came to the hospital. The doctor started telling them about a complex surgery that hypothetically could relieve the symptoms of alexithymia. But then I would get a severe emotional shock, and it is highly probable that it could lead to death. Of course, they were against it, although this outcome did not frighten me at all. The doctor also suggested a therapy with which the block could be slightly weakened, but the process itself was going to be incredibly difficult for me. The principle of the treatment was simple. It was supposed to evoke such strong feelings in me due to which emotions would gradually overcome the block in the cerebral cortex. All this was supposed to be accompanied by severe weakness and headaches. I realized that it would be hard and even painful, but agreed anyway. Every few days, doctors tried to evoke a variety of emotions in me, from incredible joy to terrible sadness, and this began to bear fruit. When my parents or Liz came to my ward, I felt a bit better, although I could not express this. As a result, after several months of treatment, I developed something like a mood, but this still cannot be called emotions. Now I am having a break between therapies, so I returned home. Liz advised me to start a blog for alexithymia patients and show by my own example that it is possible to fight such a disease. 
My friendship with her is even stronger now. She often comes to visit me with new coloring books, and I notice that I smile unintentionally when I see her, which gives me hope that soon I will become a normal person. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.